Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Of the Horn. Sports Complex on a Thursday afternoon on the show today. We'll talk some Texas versus Kansas. What a shocker. Texas versus Kansas, big game. Number three versus number 24 in the country. Texas gets a big test this weekend. Sark spoke to the media today. We'll take some of that sound. Patrick's big fat poll today coming up. A little bit more reaction to the big Damian Lillard trade in the NBA. They're still saying more more action should be coming in that uh, in the NBA here in the, in the few next few days. There's also a new frontrunner for the NBA title. I guess you can guess who that is. We'll be talking a little NFL, starting to get ready for Cowboys versus Patriots and the Texans as well. The Vikings. Jefferson's getting upset that people are talking about trades. We'll talk about that as well and get you ready for a, a final series for the Rangers. Rangers play tonight on our airwaves at 8 o'clock. So we'll get you ready for that. Talk about the Astros' big win last night and a whole bunch more coming up on the show. Of course, you are the biggest part of the show, 512-447-3776, the new text line number that we're using, 512-447-3776. If you guys want to join the show, what you want to talk about, we'll get into Patrick's Big Fat Poll, which you guys are going for. And then also joining us uh, coming down, uh, hopefully in just a little bit, we will have Aaron Hogan joining the show. Ty Henderson are out. They're both out at Little Woodrow's Palmer Lane, uh, Little Woodrow's right now. They're out there. I know they're out there. A couple technical difficulties. We're going to get them on the air with me here in a little bit. But check out the info, hornfm.com, and go out uh, and check them out. If you are in the north area, the north Austin area, you can go check out Aaron Hogan. Uh, Ty Henderson are up there at Little Woodrow's and Palmer Lane. So go out and check them out. We'll, they'll be joining the show in just a little bit. Let's get in to some Sark audio. Let's get into getting into the big game that's happening on Saturday. That now we've, we've gotten past Baylor, and this Kansas game is starting to get a little bit more real for everybody. This is a number 24 team in the country. This is a team that has given Texas some problems. This is a quarterback that is not somebody that you see every single week. It's a different kind of game plan. Here's Sark's opening statement today when he spoke to the media to get the game ready, to get the team ready, to get the media ready, and all the fans for this big game Saturday against Kansas. 
exciting time uh, for college football. You know, you, you hit week five in the season. Um, we're, we're now we're, we're getting really kind of into conference play and um, the ball games, you know, become seems like more significant, more of a more importance. Um, and so to play Saturday here at DKR uh, in a top 25 matchup, two undefeated teams, uh, this is why we we do what we do, right? This is why we work as hard as we work all off season. Um, this is why, you know, training camp is what it is. This is why you try to, you know, have a tough non-conference schedule to prepare for ball games like this. Should be a heck of an environment. Um, looking forward to uh, to to getting back to DKR with our fans. They were they were tremendous last week on the road at Baylor. I know they'll be they'll be fired up here to be at DKR. I think from our team's perspective. You know, one, we've got a great deal of respect for Kansas and the team that they have and what they've built uh, over three years. And they've got a they've got a lot of weapons offensively. They've got a great scheme. I think defensively, you know, it's easy to see the improvement that they've made over three years. Um, very opportunistic defense, one that creates turnovers and gets the ball out, plays a physical brand of football. So I know it's going to be a great challenge. Um, I know we're going to we're going to need to play with our best foot forward for four quarters. That's what that's what this game's going to take. Yeah, it's going to take – this is not a game. This is more of the Alabama game than Wyoming or Rice where you have that big, uh, you know, spurt of points that comes at one point. But, you you know, you may have had some lapses, and especially at home against Rice and Wyoming. There were some lapses of this Texas team. We saw last week in Baylor, special team, had some serious lapses. You cannot do that against this Kansas team because you should be able to handle. We asked you about where you, what points you wanted to see scored for this team to feel like it's a national championship defense. We got right in that 15 to 20 range. You want to see below 20 for sure, but around 15 points is what kind of 15 or under is where a lot of people in that range is where you want to see this defense. But you know you make a few mistakes, and all of a sudden Kansas puts up 14, and that 15 number is kind of out the window if you allow two plays over the top and Jalen Daniels is able to get you to bite and the linebackers and you know if he's able to get you a bite on a on run to the outside and and the offensive line stays uh disciplined for Kansas and he gets the ball down the field that's where you get a little scared so Texas has to be disciplined on third downs you know if it's a third and 9 you you do a great job holding them and and they give you a hard count and and you're a little worried or you're a little antsy cuz you want to go get that sack or something like that and you you jump on the defensive line and give them a third and 4 that's a lot easier to pick up that's those penalties that'll kill you to get, you know, there's penalties of you just can't allow yourself to get in those positions on the offense and get put behind the line and and give the ball back and have three and outs or quick plays to allow Jalen Daniels to come back on against a tired defense. All those types of things are things that you really have to build on. And one thing Texas and one thing Stark talked about today was how Kansas has changed over the last three years, and one of the parts he's said multiple times is the physicality. Texas is going to have to be physical in this game. They are the bigger, more physical team, but Kansas has gotten a lot more physical in the last three years. They've had a few changes. Here's Sark talking about the physicality and changes at Kansas. Well, you know, I mean, I think Coach Leipold, historically, everywhere he's been, he's had physical teams. You know, they believe in running the ball offensively. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, defensively, sometimes it's getting the pieces to the puzzle, right. And, you know, obviously they, they hit the portal really hard on the defensive front this off season, and, and they've got some real playmakers up there, guys who, you know, not only do well against the run, but, but affect the quarterback and have gotten some sacks. Um, but, but I think the other thing that, that you see defensively out of them is they believe in the scheme, right? Um, they, they've got a veteran secondary, 
They've got veteran linebackers that all work well together. Yeah, you just don't see kind of the the laps and coverages and things from from year one, and then it gets better in year two, and now now they're in year three. And I think they're they're playing that physical style up front. Uh, they're playing sound in the back end, and then now four games in, they're playing with a lot of confidence. And confidence is probably the biggest key as you develop as a defense. And so. Um, you know, that there's, there's levels to it, but, but I do think that that physicality showing up more because they're playing a really confident brand of football. Confident, happy, feeling good. That's where Kansas is right now. Uh, joining us right now, though, I will tell you who's confident, happy, and feeling good. Mr. Aaron Hogan is out at Parmer Lane, uh, for Little Woodrow's having a day. How you doing today, Aaron? Doing good, man. Uh, what a great spot here. Little Woodrose on Parmer Lane uh, right here past McNeil. And uh, place is packed. People are ready for some football tonight to watch the uh, Lions and Packers in a big battle for first place in the NFC North. And, yeah, listening to Sark there, this will be a fun game. Texas-Kansas, Longhorns won 55-14 last year. But that was kind of an end of the year, second to last game for Kansas. They are pretty banged up. Obviously, this earlier in the season, week five, and uh, much fresher and a, a better Kansas team. So I expect a better game. But uh, you know, I, I think I can hear it in Sark's voice. Uh, he has the full respect for Lance Leipold. Uh, this, this Kansas team is a legit top 20, top 25 kind of team that they're going to have to play good four quarters to, uh, to handle, But even, even though they're, they're more than a two-touchdown favorite. But we're out here with our friends at Bud Light, of course, the uh, Thursday of every home game. Uh, Bud Light and uh, Brown Distributing sets us up at a cool place to get ready for game day, watch some Thursday night football. And Little Wood Rose, Palmer Lane location is the spot. And they got the whole crew here from Brown Distributing with uh, some free free Bud Lights. They got the uh, the bottles going now. They got the, they're handing them out here. Also going to give away some college football tickets, Patrick. College football tickets, and uh, you know if you might want to guess what that is, tickets to see a college football game this weekend, uh, not too far from where I'm sitting. Uh, also, <laughs> they're going to give away. They got a, a Sark autographed football, which is pretty cool. Uh, you could take a picture, and uh, you could you get, get signed up for the raffle, and you could win a, a Steve Sarkeesian autograph football while we're out here, and it's uh, already a great crowd. You got some ice cold Bud Lights, and uh, if you're coming out and you don't get one of those free ones, they have buckets for 22 bucks. They've got the big beers for five dollars here at Little Wood Rose, and uh, I've been to the Little Wood Rose, Patrick, uh, down where I live uh, in South Park Meadows. Spent quite a, a lot bit, of time I've there. Yeah, I've not been to this one. Pretty cool. Uh, similar, have, but uh, I've been to that one. I've been to I think four or five different Little Woodrows. Which I don't know if that says about me that I really like Little Woodrows or I have a drinking problem, but I can tell you I enjoyed my time at all of them. Yeah, well, it's it's hard not to have a good time at Little Woodrows. I got, you know, it's, it's got the old school wood, you know, bar vibe. It's just a good spot. TVs yeah. everywhere, and a good outdoor, good indoor, and it's it's cranking right now, ready for some uh, some college football chatter, also some NFL football tonight. And uh, good, to, good to be with you, my friend. Ty Henderson is here as well, so he'll jump on with you throughout the course of this uh, episode. Rod Babers, of course, still doing uh, daddy duty, which is uh, his current job at this point, uh, you know, taking care of his little baby. So I'm here, Ty is here, and uh, you're there, so we're going to have a lot of fun over the next couple hours. Yeah, I, I am, I'm happy that Rod's at least taking a few days uh, because we know Rod is the type of guy who could have shown up the next day. We all have worked with Rod long enough to know he might have been the guy who takes work seriously enough. And he's that determined to be that guy. So I was glad to see him take a few days off. But Ty Henderson's going to be up there with you. I, I do want to go back to Kansas and a point you brought up about the respect that you can tell is in, in Sark's voice. I think there's something you can definitely see about the, the way that Kansas has run this program that we've heard, you know, that 
Dave Aranda last week. We know with Rice, with Wyoming, that this was the circle game on the schedule. There's going to be several more that this is the circle game for a team. This doesn't feel like for Kansas it's a circle game in the sense. It feels like, hey, this is part of our growing. We want to go in there. We want to play our style of football, and we want to go win a game against Texas. They don't necessarily feel like a team that is relying on their success or not this season going against Texas. They want to compete for the Big 12 championship the same as Texas does. Yeah, I mean, they certainly are. I mean, I've watched them, uh, their game with uh, Illinois. They played on a Friday night at home against Illinois. I watched uh, uh, a little bit of that game. They put up almost 600 yards on that uh, Illinois team. I and mean, Brett Bielema doesn't have a great team, but they had over 250 rushing and passing yards in that game. Watched the BYU game last week, which they won. Um, and, you know, they had two touchdowns defensively in that game, uh, Patrick. I mean, they, they, their defense is improved. They've added a bunch of guys through the portal on the defensive side, and it's, it's pretty similar. I know everybody hates that game in 2001 that they won an overtime part of their two-win season that year when they were such a mess as a program. It was, you know, the low, the low, low watermark for Steve Sarkeesian. But as he said this week, you know, some storms – you know, don't destroy you. They actually clear the path uh, for you to grow. Yeah. And I think that, that game there was a part of that long losing streak. Uh, remember in 2021, Patrick, that, that uh, loss to Kansas, which stunned everybody, came after the Iowa State game, which featured the postgame Bo Davis rant. And, what the, you know, that's what you got, right? That was the response from Bo Davis on the bus was a loss to a, a two-win Kansas team who only beat South Dakota that year. Uh, outside of that game so it was a shock to the system I think for everybody uh, but it, my point on that is the, the two programs have really paralleled uh, since that point of how much better they've gotten how both coaches have really gotten a hold of the programs and grown them you know Jalen Daniels was there when he got here I got to Kansas the uh, quarterback Les Miles actually recruited Jalen Daniels and uh, they've developed him they've recruited well and uh, so not I don't at all think Kansas is, is to the level talent wise of Texas but similarly, they've kept their staff together. They've, they've added talent. They've developed the talent they have. And they're certainly better than that, that night here. And Texas is a lot better uh, for all the reasons I just said. So uh, this should be a pretty good game. I think this is, a, is, is maybe the best home game of the year. And it's probably good, Patrick, for Texas to have a little bit of a dogfight ahead of Oklahoma. Uh, it'd be fine for them to run out there and run this team off the field like they did uh, last year. But I think a, a good fight into the third quarter that they stretch out and use the heat of Austin. Uh, in the fourth quarter, their depth in that game, second, third, fourth quarter to, to pull away, I think would be ideal for Texas headed into Oklahoma next week. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't matter if you put up 40 points in the first half. It's a dogfight on the defense because you know that Jalen Daniels can put up points over and over and over again. So even if you let up a little bit and all of a sudden they put up 21 on you and now you got to put your starters back in the game. So this defense is going to have to line up there. I think what's interesting is what we've seen with Jonathan Brooks and hopefully C.J. Baxter will be another week healthier, that Texas has a much more balanced offense right now than I think Kansas is a little bit more reliant on Jalen Daniels, which was where Texas was last year, trying to rely too much on Quinn Ewers, even when you had Bijan Roshan. They really went, Sark went, I'm going, Quinn's got to be our guy. Quinn has to, you know, throw the ball for 300 yards or else we're not going to win. I think he's let off that a little bit, and it's an advantage for Texas that defensively they know if we can slow down Jalen Daniels, we can handle everything else on our own. And I don't know if Kansas has that same ability against Texas, where we've talked to before, it's kind of the pick-your-poison thing with Texas. And I, you always wonder, what's te- what is Kansas, what poison are they going to pick? Are they going to go and say Jonathan Brooks beat us for the, what, the, the fourth straight week for him to come out and have a big game? Or do you try and make Quinn Ewers beat you through the air? 
Uh, well, you know, uh, agreed 100%, but I'd also say this, you know, Jalen Daniels is the best quarterback I think Texas will face this year. And, you know, he was the preseason pick for the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. He's off to a great start. I mean, he's a junior. Uh, and it's funny that Jalen Ford was the pick as the preseason Defensive Player of the Year in the conference, and those two are kind of going head-to-head, matching wits in this game because the one thing or of, of the many things that Lance Leipold's offense does is it forces you to be gap sound and assignment sound. It's, it's really a spread option, Patrick. I mean, they spread you out, and they've got two good running backs, and they've got Jalen Daniels who can throw it, but he's also kind of a running back when they, when they do design runs with him. He's very talented, and so that it's, you have to stay in your gap. They show you a lot of, uh, of eye candy, and they're, they're moving people all over the place, and you've got to be smart. Texas handled it perfectly fine last year. Uh, Jalen Daniels, David Benda, guy like Jalen Catalan coming down in the box. They've got to contain that option. I mean, just think old-school option. They just do it out of a more tempo and more of a spread formation. Uh, they'll fake the handoffs and, and bring sweeps, and there's a lot going on with them. But the, the key, as you said, is Jalen Daniels, the preseason conference player of the year, who's off to a great start. They've got to deal with him first. And, you know, anytime you have a two-dimensional team like Kansas is, they can run it and throw it. And as you said, their throws are not like they're not going to pick you apart precision passing you know, down the field. They're going to beat you over the top when you blow an assignment. And that's one thing Texas has shown a vulnerability to, one of the few things on defense. They'll give up plays over the top, and I'm assuming that's what Lance Leipold's thinking watching film of Texas. Can we, you know, run the ball enough against this great Texas front and Sweat and Murphy and all these guys, Jalen Ford, to keep ourselves in down and distance where we can try to take some shots, get some safeties lined up in some coverage that they don't want and uh, get some things. To me, this game comes down to the first and second quarter where, you know, Kansas has scripted plays. Can they hit a couple? Can they land a couple of haymakers on Texas that keeps them in this game and then make it a game into the third and fourth quarter? If Texas shuts the script down and we get to halftime and the Longhorns are in control of the game, that's going to be a long day for Kansas. If they can hit a few, and, and, you know, then you know they've got something extra for Texas here. Uh, if they can hit a couple of big ones and, and keep themselves close, then we have a game into the third and fourth quarter in my mind. Uh, but Jalen Daniels, no joke, I think he's the best quarterback Texas will see this year as far as dual threat and a guy who understands his role within his offense, the identity of his offense, and how he has to attack defenses. Yeah, and that experience that he has, that he's been there long enough to know this offense and, and yep. everything that goes into it inside and out. And that's why I've been putting this all week on the linebackers of, you know, you need the, the defensive line to stand up. You know, you need your safeties to not get beat. You know, you need your cornerbacks to play good. But the linebackers not getting tricked and not overcommitting on, on Jalen Daniels and being able to help out the safeties a little bit by allowing them to play back a little bit more and getting a couple more steps back to not let those passes get over their head. I think the linebacker play of Jalen Ford and, and Benda and, and, and Anthony Hill and those guys is going to be very important because if those guys play at a next level, at that really high level that Jalen Ford shown he can play and they can play you know, trying to get to that level, then Tavondre Sweat can kind of slow down and, and Alfred Collins and Byron Murphy can help slow down at the line. You have the talent there. You know that they can kind of work on that on their own. And you know you've got cornerbacks that, for better or worse, if Jade Barron stays on the field, and, you know, they don't pull him out because Kansas figures out ways to get him off the field, which I know you've talked about on your show before, that if you get those guys out there, I have enough faith in a lot of those guys. I just need the linebackers to play the next step up of their game because we've seen them overcommit at points and really try to make big plays. This is game is about discipline, and if that linebacker core is really, really disciplined, I don't know what Kansas if Kansas is going to be able to pull off those big plays. You're right about that, Patrick, and I think, you know – 
what stood out to me from the Baylor game, and it was a dominant performance. You know, they had 28 points in the first half, 21 in the in the uh, in the second quarter. The Longhorns have had a 21-point quarter every game this year, which I think just goes to their explosiveness, uh, how they can just erupt on you. Uh, this is the first time this year it's been in the first half. They did it against Baylor. It was third quarter against Rice. It was fourth quarter against both Wyoming and Alabama. Um, but the defense has been the consistent unit for Texas. And, and last week against Baylor, think about this. They had three players on their defense play to what you would like. Pro Football Focus does their grades of every player, player right, week to week. Texas had three guys, Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, and Jalen Ford played to what Pro Football Focus in their college ranks would call, you know, an All-American level. Uh, Tavondre Sweat was 89.7 on his grade. Byron Murphy was 81.9. Jalen Ford was 85.5 in a week in which he won the National Reese's uh, Senior Bowl Player of the Week award. I mean, those two, those three guys are the middle of your defense. If they're going to play to that level and just blow up your game plan, it doesn't really matter how good Jalen Daniels is. You know what I mean? If, if they yeah. can blow that up and play to that level, then you're going to be fine on defense in my mind because that's, as Rod B would call it, the central nervous system of your defense. That's your, your two tackles and your, your middle linebacker uh, who are just playing at an elite level, uh, and they really kind of have all year. They didn't have those grades the whole time, and I think they took advantage of a, of a suspect Baylor offensive line. But, man, those guys, they're just they are so good, and they can just wreck a game. The one guy I would mention that I'm, I'm interested in watching on Saturday most on Texas's defense is Jalen Catalan. Uh, Jalen Catalan, the Arkansas transfer, who should be – this should be his kind of game where with that running game and the kind of the, um, the spread option they run, he should be down in the box making plays, being a physical presence in the run game. Uh, obviously, you don't want you – know, and then you'd have a, the, the high safety trying to, to man the pass game. But, you know, Jalen Catalan has not even played 40% of the snaps this year, Patrick. Uh, you know, I, I don't – and Sark said this week he's not holding him out. He's not on a pitch count. They just want to use all their guys. But I don't wonder in this game and next week when they play the two ranked teams in this conference uh, to really establish themselves as the front runner in the Big 12 if you don't see the biggest and best game from Jalen Catalan where he's going to be needed as a kind of a box safety physicality in this run game, making plays. Because if he if – he, you know, plays his best game this week alongside Jalen Ford and those two tackles, Texas is going to be hard to beat because that's, that gives you three elite players right up the middle of your defense. Yeah, and and Johnny Barron, we know, will make plays. Yeah, exactly. I, I, and I know I, it's weird, the safety rotation. The, the only thing I'm really pulling out of that is that we, the thing I've, I keep saying is Sark is big on trust. And I feel that he has a thing with all these safeties that they all have one flaw that he really doesn't trust. And he's trying to guess on the other end. And him and PK are trying to guess what the offense is going to do and flip that safety in in different packages to, to cover up the one flaw of whatever these guys, like Jaron Thompson, we know is a great, great when he's coming up. But when he's going backwards, he may not be the guy. So you're always trying to find those. But I agree with you. You'd like to see Catalan get in a little bit more. He said there's no pitch count. It feels like there is. Even if it's not a pitch count, it's a, hey, we're trying to save him for a little bit later in the season or maybe these two games right here uh, where it's really important and then you maybe pace him out again. But I agree with you. I'd like yeah. to see Catalan get in there because every time I've watched him play, he looks pretty good. <laughs> he looks he yeah. looks like a real game well, changer. And, again, this is, this is a run game where they spread you and do a lot of different things. You yeah. want a, a heady, smart safety that can come up and make tackles and you know contain that run game to put them in second and third and long, which they were able to do last week against Baylor. Uh, and yeah, I mean, look. I mean, if you win these two games the next two weeks, which you're favored in in both already, you're six and zero at your bye week uh, with three win- wins over three ranked teams. Patrick, 
you're right where you want to be. So, you know, saving them for later, I don't know that that matters. I think no. you're looking to get these two wins, set yourself up for a run with six games to go. The bye week comes at a perfect time right in the middle of the season to take a deep breath and, uh, you know, get your legs back under you. But if you handle these two, you're through Alabama, you're through the trip to Waco, and then these two games that are, you know, neither one's a true road game. The, the game in Dallas next week is actually a Texas home game. They'll have their recruits there. Uh, so, you know, this is an opportunity to put yourself not just in the Big 12 title picture but in the national picture on a big way if you can handle your business. And uh, Jalen Catalan needs to play a lot more in this game. And then I wonder, you know, because you mentioned Jaron Thompson, teams have obviously schemed to try to get him in coverage. He's, he's had a couple of big interceptions this year, one against Alabama, uh, had the pick six against Wyoming that, that separated that game. But he's also gotten beaten coverage. You wonder – if Derek Williams, the freshman out of uh, Louisiana, the, the Raptor they call him, he's a tremendous coverage safety. He's long. He's got long arms. You wonder if they don't see him more opposite Jalen Catalan just to give you a coverage safety. And you know, we, we, if you put Derek Williams, who's gotten to get his feet wet for four games as a freshman, five-star freshman, with Catalan and Jade Barron in the safety positions, uh, you may see some of that against this Kansas team that's so dynamic. Yeah, uh, Sark talked about Derek Williams and Manny Muhammad today and talked about how those two guys are continuing to earn more and more playing time. And that's part of the safety rotation, too, is I think he wants to get these young guys in, but, you know, you kind of have to pull out Catalan at that point or you have to pull out Thompson. So, you know, it's not ideal, but we'll see more when you go up against number 24 Kansas, when you go up against Oklahoma, uh, more of what the what the defense and what the, the real starting safeties, the real safeties who are getting the most. Like, I'm a Spurs fan. You always accounted to Manu Ginobili wasn't a starter, but he was a starter. That kind of yes. guys. Who's getting the amount of who's getting the pitch count? And so if if you say, you know, Catalan's a starter, but he's only playing forty percent, and someone else is playing sixty, well, Catalan's behind him. So it'll be interesting well, to see what they actually go for. Uh, it is time. Let's get to big, uh, Patrick's big fat poll. Uh, Patrick's big fat poll before we get to the break. Been waiting for that, Patrick. <laughs> to hear your big fat poll. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. Yeah, I know, Aaron. Everybody looks forward to seeing my big fat poll for the day. But uh, <laughs> the question today, we did talk. We were talking about uh, – we've talked a lot about the young guys. We just talked about Derek Lewis. We've talked about Anthony Hill and all those guys. I want to give some respect to guys that were on this team or at least were around. Some of these guys weren't on the team. They transferred in. But guys that remember, have a little bit more experience, may remember losing to Kansas. And I want to ask everybody the poll today, who has been the most impressive senior so far this season for Texas? 512-447-3776 is the new text line. Hit us up there, 512-447-3776. You get Tavondre Sweat is clearly up on that list. Jalen Ford is clearly up on that list. You may go Jade Barron, Jordan Whittington, Ryan Watts, David Bender, Christian Jones, all seniors that are having big impacts this season. So I, I want to know, who's your senior that you say that's that's the best senior for Texas this season? Aaron, do you have a senior that you're, you're pulling ahead? Because – I mean, there's a few on that defense that are right up there. Well, I mean, it would be it would be, it would be Sweat or Ford. I mean, one of those two guys yeah. in the middle I just mentioned. They've been outstanding. I mean, uh, Christian Jones. I mean, I think, I think Christian Jones has kind of outplayed Kelvin Banks so far this year. Uh, the development of players. I mean, I think those three are hard to beat. And that's what you're, I think you've got to be excited because somebody already asked me here at Little Woodrose, you know, when are they going to blow it? When are they going to stumble? Uh, and you have to anticipate it's tough to go 12-0 and 0 in a college football season. But, you know, what I've always said is guys that you just mentioned in your big fat poll, those guys are never going to play in the SEC, Patrick. They're never going to play yeah. down uh, for Texas as a Southeastern Conference school. They're here for this year. 
They're here to maximize their draft stock and try to win a championship and leave a legacy. And I think those are the guys that are going to make sure this thing doesn't let down as much as they possibly can uh, week to week because uh, T-Sweat, Jalen Ford, Whittington, uh, all the I mean, Christian Jones, they all could have moved on to the NFL last year and just tested their, you know, become professionals. Instead, they're here, and uh, that's the kind of leadership that you're looking for at the top with all this other talent everywhere else. No, what I mean, and a couple guys we didn't put it, but like Ryan Watson, Jalen Catalan, who transfer into the school, they were playing in the SEC. We're playing in the Big Ten that could get, come in, and they, they want to come in and make a big impact. And they're like, there's a reason we came here, and it wasn't to just be part of the rebuilding process. It's, it's right we want to win that. So there's these seniors are looking for these next two games are real big for them. So that's why we're asking who's the most impressive senior for, so far this season. Hit us up on the text line 512-447-3776 is the new text line number. Hit us up on there. And if you still if you haven't told us a nickname yet, tell us a nickname. I'm trying to put them all in so we know who to talk to. So when you go out and you see, let's say Aaron Hogan and Ty at uh, at Little Woodrow's Palmer. You can say, hey, I'm so-and-so on the text line. We haven't been able to update the names for a long time. So now we're putting the names in, and maybe we'll recognize you and be able to talk to you and know, know what you you're texting. you want to change your name, if you've had a name you yeah. weren't real happy with, go ahead and change it right now. Yeah, I know. We had female <laughs> listener number one said, do I have to keep it? I said, you can because we know who you are, but if you want to change it, go right ahead. I, I'm all like for, for listener empowerment. She could, she, could be, she could be like Prince, the artist, <laughs> formerly known as female <laughs> listener number one. Aaron, tell the people where you're at. Little Woodrose, Palmer Lane, right past McNeil if you're coming from the uh, east. Uh, before Wet McNeil if you're coming from the west. And we're cranking it here. Good times, ready for Monday night or Thursday night football. Bud Light is here, Brown distributing with uh, buckets of beer and freebies. And tickets to a college football game. Tickets to a college football game will be won here today. Also, a free uh, a winner will get a Steve Sarkeesian autographed Texas football as well, which is quite the prize. We'll do that before 7 o'clock. So get on out here. Palmer Lane. Little Woodrow's get signed up with us, the Horn, and our friends Brown distributing in Bud Light. There you go. We will be back here on the Sports Complex. We're going to talk some NBA Dame Lillard trade reaction day two, where Drew Holiday may end up in new. There's new betting odds of who the NBA champion will be. Myself, Aaron Hogan, Ty Henderson, coming back on the Sports Complex on the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on The Horn. Now you say you never met my wife, you ain't never seen her before. Say you ain't been hanging around my crib Well here's something I wanna know I wanna know what in the world is going down How come my dog don't bark when you come around I got the Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn Playing dog songs all week long Because it is National Dog Week I know there's National Dog Day and probably National Dog Month now, but it's National Dog Week, so we're playing dog songs. It's a great Dr. John song. How come my dog don't bark when you come around? 
Also joining us on the show today, out of Little Woodrow, South Park Meadows, my man E. Hogan, Ty Henderson are out there. Aaron, have you ever heard the song, uh, How Come My Dog Don't Bark When You Come Around? You got Ty now. Ty, have you ever so, heard this song? I have not, but I like it. I'm, 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 I'm bumping my head out here, too. There you go. It's, it's some good stuff from Dr. John. It gets really dark at the end. It gets really dark at the end. I believe he uh, murders uh, the dog and the guy and his wife by the end of the, the song. Oh. So, so it gets pretty dark, but it is about his wife cheating on him, and the dog likes the other guy better than him. That is it's a good song. Uh, you didn't have to tell me that. <laughs> it's a great song. It's just no, If you haven't heard it before, if you want to get into some Dr. John, uh, there's some good stuff. He's passed away, I think, a year or two ago. Maybe it's longer. I don't know. Time is, time is fleeting at all points now. Uh, Ty's out there at Little Woodrow's uh, at Palmer Lane. Uh, I want to get into, Ty, uh, about some of this Dame Lillard trade. That went down yesterday. Dame Lillard ends up on the Bucks. We get Drew Holiday and DeAndre Ayton ending up on the Blazers. Yusef Nurchic ends up on the on the Suns. Everyone can kind of say this this is good for the Suns. The Suns look pretty happy in this deal. They get rid of DeAndre Ayton, who they really didn't want. Didn't he didn't want to be there? They didn't want him there. And so they get rid of him. They get you get Yusef Nurchic, who's a really good, he can do a lot of things you want, is a much more team-friendly guy. So they're happy to have him there. He's getting paid a little bit more money than he probably should be. But, you know, they take what you can get if you're the Suns right now. And they get a couple other pieces in there because they really don't have any depth. And they get Grayson Allen, who I saw a post today where somebody was basically implying that Grayson Allen was going to be the guy trying to run ISO at the end of the game with Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant all staring at him. Which sounds about right for Grayson Allen. But. Uh, the news that came out today was that Giannis was not consulted about this deal whatsoever. That Giannis was not told because they, they knew the relationship between Giannis and Drew Holiday. And they did not want to, they didn't want to compromise anything by Giannis trying to basically shut it down. They didn't want to compromise it by having him tell Drew Holiday and Drew Holiday trying to shut it down. So, or, or leaking stuff out to the press so they, try, you know, so that the Blazers got cold feet. It, it, it fits what the the Bucks kind of mode of operations is that they they really want to just put uh, you know they want to go win a title and they understand that if they kind of wait for players to agree with what they do they're going to end up more like Portland did where you're constantly signing guys that are friends and you're doing other now granted this is a team that has had two of Giannis's brother on them uh, so it is something there. Ty, do you see, and now what we'll also say, there's an incomplete grade for Portland right now because Drew Holiday is still uh, on the Blazers. He is going to be moved again. He's 33 years old, a two-time All-Star. In the last six years, I think he has been a either five-time first-team or second-team all-defensive team. He's a really good player, a great team player, three-time NBA teammate of the year. He's a great guy and, and would really help out basically any contending team. He'd help out any team, but he's 33 years old. So they figure he's going to go to a contender. He's got uh, this year left on his contract, a player option for the next year. So if he decides he wants out after this, you're, you're only renting him. But, Ty, where do, you, where do you put the rankings on this? Did anybody really lose this trade? Did anybody super win this trade? This is one of the mega deals that's gone down in the NBA in the past few years where I feel like you know every team came out just about the same. I, I, I've been trying to think about it all day or since last night since the news broke and I'm it's I, I'm gonna lean towards Portland just because of what they were facing with having Miami kind of yeah. 
trying to force that trade down their throat for what it seems like months now. Uh, that's really been the only team that people have talked about up until this last week where there were some rumors of Toronto and uh, maybe a few other teams. But Miami just didn't have what it took uh, trade piece-wise to, make it, to get it done. Um, I, I, I mean, I, yeah, Portland, just with the assets they got and the ability to, to flip Drew Holiday like you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I, I could put into there is something that it, it loses its edge, or people just are not realizing because of other sports, first round draft picks are very valuable, and in MLB, a first round draft pick is still one of the top guys, and in NFL, a first round draft pick is one of the top guys, and you know, in the NFL, it's different of a top ten or a top or a number thirty, but number thirty pick is still a pretty good pick. He's probably going to start for you for several years in the NFL if you don't screw the pickup. However, number thirty pick for the NBA. It may be your backup for a few years, but the odds of him ever being a starter is pretty slim. So the reality is when these picks are coming and they're picks that are in the next two to three years of the team you're trading your best player to, you don't necessarily want to get a pick in the next three years. So if you're saying, we don't want to pick in the next three years because we know that they're going to be late first-round picks. So that's the picks they got from Milwaukee was two pick swaps and a pick from year uh, 2028 through 2030. So down the road when they think Milwaukee may be bad again. You don't want to get those picks, and now every trade proposal you keep hearing from some of these teams is completely based around picks, which would, which from the first trade and from what they didn't want from Miami doesn't seem like that's where the route they're going to go and go, hey, man, let's go to the Clippers and get a Clippers and 76ers first-round pick and get we'll get two picks that are like, 20 and 27 that's not going to help us win a tight like that's not going to help us at all it gives us two more bench players which is not really what we want we like to flip Giroux because he is a two-time all-star he was an all-star last year he's a five-time all, all you know all defensive team three first team two second team he's a good player you'd like to get another starter for him the big problem is they like their guards they like uh Anthony Simons they like uh they like uh Scoot Henderson who they just drafted and so if you say, well, Shaden we, Sharp as well. you got Shaden Sharp in there as well, but I don't, I, I, I'm saying uh, the guys that they really, cause Shaden Sharp didn't start. So I think he's still going to be coming off the bench. Uh, and then, you know, you still have Grant, you still have, uh, and then you put in Deandre Aiden, who I know a lot of people are clowning on because he never seemed to fit in really in, in, in Phoenix. However, I think a fresh start for him is going to be a really good thing. I, again, I'm not sure if Chauncey Billups is the guy to do that, but I think that you can get some assistant coaches in there and kind of get them more ready. But with Jeremy Grant at power forward, who they really like, you kind of figure they want a wing, and that's where it gets confusing because the, the odds right now for Drew Holiday, if you go to Vegas and the odds of where he's going to end up, Celtics right now are the front runner. And I don't know what they have to offer. I know Malcolm Brogdon's in that trade, but he's a, he's a point guard, which they don't want. He's a 30-year-old point guard, which is not somebody they want. They have picks, kind of, but no, they don't want the picks. So I don't know what they can offer but that Portland is going to take the Seattle, the, the, the Boston trade. The Heat could throw in Tyler Hero. He can play that wing position. He's not a defensive That's player. That's what I was thinking. But he's one that, you know, Hero may still be on the move to Portland after all that. Now, all reports were they weren't high on Tyler Hero, but maybe for Drew they are. The, the one that's number three, and this is the one where I start to think it gets a little bit more interesting. The Toronto Raptors, to me, have multiple players that fit what could go on in Portland. 
where you could talk to a Pascal Siakam or an OG and Anubi, and both those guys could come to, you know, get off the Toronto payroll, give them another point guard now that they lost Fred Van Fleet, and try and build a little bit differently but not be out of the playoff picture completely in Toronto. That, for me, is the front runner if the Raptors really want to get in there. Uh, Clippers are in there. Warriors are in that poll. 76ers, Bulls, and Jazz are at the very end because the Jazz have a million picks and some good players. If you had a pick, where do you think Drew Holiday's going to go, Ty? Where would you say he's going to go as of right now? Um, I, I like the Miami uh, destination for him. I, I think Tyler Hero or some of those other guys. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, didn't Gabe Vincent and um, – What's his face from last year's run? I think they're gone now too. Yes. So I mean, if you could get Tyler Hero and some picks out of Drew Holiday, I I, I would be happy with that. If I was Portland, it, I I, th- I don't think the asking price should be too high for a 33 year old guard who, like you said, is a great teammate. But how many years left is he really going to be competing at that high of a level? Yeah, and I, I, you figure you'll probably get three more years out of him. The question is three to four more years of really good, you know, defensive play before it really starts to go downhill. And then it's a question of you have to re-sign him because he has a player option after this season. You either agree to the player option or you agree to an extension beforehand. All of that kind of has to be discussed. That goes into the deal as well. Uh, But I'm really curious because, for me, it's an incomplete grade until we figure out what they get because that starting lineup, if you say it's Scoot Henderson and Anthony Simons and a fill-in-the-piece and then Jeremy Grant and DeAndre Ayton with Shaden Sharp coming off the bench, that's – it's an okay lineup to build on. That's an okay lineup. And depending on how Scoot Henderson develops and if DeAndre Aiden can turn that corner and if Shaden Sharp can continue to develop, then, you know, Anthony Simons and Jeremy Grant are probably not going to be superstars, but they could be really good players on that team. And if Scoot Henderson becomes a superstar, you in Portland are two to three years away from, you know, getting back into the playoffs and being an actual, I don't know, a contender, but back in the playoffs and you can build from there. Do you think there's any chance that he stays in Portland to kind of mentor some of the young guards they do have? I, I, I thought he would originally. I thought it would be a really good idea to have him in there because, you know, I think that he is somebody that – look, I, I'd love to see him on the Spurs. As a Spurs fan, to see him mentor this young team and, and mentor Wimbenyama where he literally went from the Greek freak to the French freak in Wimby, I think, I think I'd love to have him there. I don't know if the Spurs are willing to give up what they'd have to give up to get him. Uh, because they would want a good young piece from from the Spurs, so I don't know if they're willing to do that. But I would have I, I would have I, I thought the trade was a win because I thought Drew Holiday was going to be a good player on on Portland, but they're apparently ready to move him. So uh, you know they may wait, but I think if you wait, the problem is there's a certain amount of window. But if you wait, and then the CBA, you basically have to wait a few months then before you can trade him. One of the reasons why Chris Middleton couldn't be involved in the trade. I, I know they kept trying to make Chris Middleton a part of this trade instead of Drew Holiday, and everybody just was like, no, no one's interested in Chris Middleton, man. No one wants to pay him that amount of money. Uh, I do want to mention, though, front runners for the title now. The Milwaukee Bucks are now your betting favorites at plus 360 for the NBA championship in 2024. Is that an overreaction, Ty, or is that is that on the money? I, I think that's on the money. If I had to put my money on one team right now, it, it, it'd be them. I mean, the ability – bringing Dame Lillard in gives that offense the ability to not have to lean on Giannis, who's not – you know, he's, he might be the best player in the NBA, but deep, or offense is not his, his, um, his forte. 
Well, he obviously, he averages 30 points a game, but we've seen him struggle in tight games in the playoffs when he's forced to make a shot. Well, I think Dame Lillard is that guy that can take him over the edge. It's the you can't double off of him offense now with Dame Lillard and Pat Connaughton and, and Chris Middleton and Brooke, Brooke Lopez. Lopez. You're like, it's hard to double off of him now, so if you double, any of those guys can hit shots, and are you just going to give up and give guys open threes? I, I, I Look, I don't think it's an overreaction. I know why it's that way in Vegas is because they know the hot money is going to be coming in and they want to get all that money right now. Uh, so they, they put the money up and say, oh, everybody, get the bucks because the odds are going to go down. But, uh, I, look, I still, if I was betting man, I'd still put money on Denver. They have, they're their fourth odds. And Jokic is still just pretty much unguardable in the playoffs if he's healthy. If Jamal Murray stays healthy, that's a team that's going to be competitive every year. So just on the odds-wise that for being the fourth best odds, I'd still go with that before I put on the, the front runner. Uh, we did want to tell you, the Big Fat Poll of the Day, if you guys want to join the conversation, 512-447-3776 is the new text line. We're asking you who's been the most impressive senior so far this year at Texas. Trying to remember some of the guys who may have been there in 2021 for the awful Kansas game in 2021 who really have something extra to prove. They want to have this season. They want to make this season special. Who's been the one? Tivandre Sweat, Christian Jones have been playing great on the O-line. Jalen Ford, we know, should have been Defensive Player of the Year last year. Coming back, doing great this year. You know, you have Jade Barron, Jordan Whittington's on that list as well. Some really good seniors on that list. Hit us up there. And also, uh, anything else you want to talk about? And if you haven't sent us your nickname yet, send us your nickname. Ty and I have been trying to add everybody to the, the text line number so that we can get there. Ty, you can actually read the text line now from the bar, too. That's part of the new new text line system that we have going on. Yeah, the, the, there's an app, isn't there? I think there's an app. There's a, You can go to the website on your phone, and we weren't able I to do this in. before. So now we are able to actually go out and see the text line wherever we go. That's why I want to see you guys' names so we know who we're talking to when we go out and when you guys come out and see us. And, Ty, you and Aaron are out right now. A little Woodrow's? Yes, sir. Off Palmer Lane. We'll be here till 7, 7 p.m. I hear there's some good giveaways, some good drink oh, specials, yeah. all that coming up. We can't say too much about that, but I, I guarantee you they're good. So go on out and uh, say hi to Ty. Say hi to Aaron Hogan out there. We'll be back uh, reading off some of your text here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7. Woo! Hell yeah! On the Horn. Who let the dogs out? Who? Oh, back on the sports complex. We've been playing dog songs all week because National Dog Week, and then so we had to play this one. But I, the real fact that I always like playing this is because I went down a Who Let the Dogs Out Bahamian rabbit hole one day and found out that this song is supposed to be a feminist anthem and that it was a cover and all these other weird things that you wouldn't expect from a mediocre, really annoying song. But yeah, it's a it's a feminist anthem, guys. Who let the dogs out is actually the dogs are the guys who are barking at the girls that are cat calling them. That is actually the uh, the use of who let the dogs out. Crazy there. Uh, we do have our friends Aaron Hogan, Ty Henderson are out at Little Woodrow's. I'm sure they have uh, let the dogs out there at Little Woodrow's Palmer Lane, right? Yeah. Uh, well, dogs are out here, uh, no doubt about that, and people are having a good old time. Uh, we're cranking this thing up, and uh, 7 o'clock, or just after 7, we'll have the game tonight. That'll be the uh, Packers and Lions, which I think is going to be a really good football game. Supremacy, or at least first place in the NFC North. And they've got the Bud Light Buckets going, the Bud Light Big Beers for 5 bucks, And giving away college football tickets, college football tickets. Come on out. There's a big college football game 
uh, in these parts here this weekend, uh, giving some tickets away and a Steve Sarkeesian autographed football while we're out here. And all you got to do is take a picture with the uh, very pretty Bud Light girl and uh, Bud Light lady, I should say, and uh, you could win the ticket, the the, uh, the football and the ticket. So come on out. There you go. And Woodrow's uh, Palmer. There you go. Long, Little Woodrow's on Palmer where they're going to be at uh, till the end of the show at 7 o'clock. Remember, we're asking you on the text line, 512-447-3776, the new text line number. Who has been the most impressive senior so far? And we go to the text line. Some shout-outs from Scarlett and Nate joining the show. Uh, we get a uh, – oh, this one says KU be a typical trap game. I don't think it's a trap game. K, t- KU's too good for it to be a trap game anymore. Uh, we will get some guys. Let's get up to where we get to. Jalen Ford is on this list. Uh, Johnny Barron gets a vote there. Nice. Daydrinker77 like says Jalen Ford. We get a uh, favorite uh, moniker on the text line, by the way. Day drinker. <laughs> we do get a Christian Jones. Someone's uh, appreciating some O line work there. And uh, Tavondre Sweat as well is getting a vote in there, too. Some different votes in there. I still got to figure out the text line when you type in two things. I got to click on everyone. They got to load. We're going to get through it. I'll tell you what, we're going to take a break. I'll go through and sort out the text line while we're in the break. And we'll come back with more Aaron Hogan, with uh, more Ty Henderson. We're going to talk some NFL when we come back, get Aaron's thoughts on the Cowboys and what this uh, what they what they have to get put together after a really poor showing if this is a one off or if it's going to be a a uh, season long thing they're going to have to work for talk a little CJ Stroud and the Texans a lot of hype about that uh, about the game tonight as well that you can go check out a little Woodrow's on Palmer Lane all that coming up here on the Sports Complex 1019 AM 1260 the Horn app and the hornfm.com 